And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here. And Dr. John Vance. Glad to be here. Gentlemen, it's good to have you in the studio today here on this Saturday. You know, last week at the same time, we were uh, thinking back of um, the 9-11 attack because it had been nine years to the day. And uh, we decided to have a follow-on discussion uh, today talking a little bit more about this uh, plan to have a mosque built at Ground Zero. Now, of course, the most recent news indicates that perhaps they're considering another location. Now, this is the place, as we all know, where um, we were attacked, and those twin towers in lower Manhattan um, really were a symbol uh, to many people of, uh, um, I suppose, our way of life, of capitalism, of America, and um, they were completely destroyed. We also want to mention uh, the uh, attacks on the Pentagon and the intended attack on Washington, D.C. and the White House. Uh, These four planes um, brought down many lives, not just buildings, but close to 3,000 people perished in a very short order. So uh, there's a lot of uh, emotion on the ground uh, regarding the intention to build this mosque, the very place where these attacks occurred. So who wants to uh, take it from there? Well, I'll say one thing uh, to get the ball rolling, and it is this. I don't think anyone who understands the First Amendment would question uh, the fact that the First Amendment would allow uh, the mosque to be built. Our president framed it the next day after he seemed to take mm-hmm. one position, but he did frame it the next day that it was uh, he was only speaking of the right, not the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important. We're talking about wisdom here. Off mic, Mark was mentioning uh, something along these lines about the wisdom of it and about the freedom of the Christian. What would a Christian do in their freedom, Mark? In terms of the Christian freedom, you you always consider the other weaker brother. Uh, We find Mm -hmm. this in Romans 14. You look at the prudence of what you're doing. This is one of the things that I think is most disturbing about this, because ostensibly this mosque is being built as kind of an outreach. A symbol of unity and outreach. A symbol of unity and outreach. I find that, frankly, hypocritical. It's doing the opposite, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because if it was, you ask the person, you ask how people feel about it, but they're anchored in. I mean, when, when Governor Patterson came and said, let's talk about a different site, they wouldn't even consider it. It's kind of like if you did something to offend your wife, and you said, I'm going to make it up to you, and I'm going to make it up to you, and I'm going to bring you a bunch of flowers. And she says, I'm allergic to flowers. I really don't want flowers. <laughs> You know, it's kind of, I'm sorry. You're getting them anyway. You're getting them anyhow. (laughs) You know, your sincerity would obviously be in doubt, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and I think that's what the case is here. Your reference to uh, Romans 14 uh, really interests me um, because that section of Scripture is talking about things where uh, in the personal Christian's life, uh, he has or she has personal Christian liberty. Uh, it may be in terms of what they eat or what they drink. It may be in the special observance of a day or not observing the day. And the upshot of the whole text is that, yeah, you've got that freedom um, where God has not bound your conscience, you're free, but 
you're not free when it comes to really offending your brother or sister in the Lord. We don't, in other words, flaunt our freedom, even though we have that freedom. And I, and I see, you know, that's how a Christian would operate if he loves the Lord Jesus and he wants to obey the word. Um, and I wonder, is there a similar teaching in the Muslim faith? Uh, I I can't uh, say that there isn't, but my suspicion is due to the nature of the community. It's called the Ummah. Uh, the worldwide uh, community of Muslims uh, is called the Ummah. And there is a sharp distinction in Islam between the Ummah and the rest of the world. Mm. And um, one always favors the advancement of the Ummah over the world. Christians, mm. in fact, are taught by our Lord, what? To love our enemies, to pray for them, right. if they're enemies. Mm-hmm. Moreover, he told that most wonderful a story of the Good Samaritan, who goes out of his way, meaning that we are to do good unto all people. Mm-hmm. Now, especially those who believe. But notice all the teachings in Scripture about not making those kinds of distinctions. We're all created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And and Christians are supposed to have appreciation for every person because they're created in the image of God. They bear God's image. I think that has hmm. that has done much to have Christians to reach out and and Western societies to the whole world. Who runs to the rescue of quake victims most readily? Yeah, that's true. Who exactly. goes to Africa to solve the AIDS problem? Where uh, do we spend our health? resources in this country uh, in abundance in other lands, and we almost never get it in some countries. And and here's the disturbing thing that I find, is when the Christians often go to these countries, Islamic countries, a lot of the strongly Islamic people oppose their aid. Hmm. They actually oppose. I mean, what was it, a few weeks ago, 10 aid workers were killed Hmm. in Afghanistan. Hmm. For offering aid, and and a lot of times mm-hmm. when the aid is given, false stories will be made of it. Mm-hmm. Koreans were also killed. Yeah. Remember the Korean missionaries that were killed. Korean missionaries. I mean, the Christians come in, and we knew an individual who was in Pakistan, and knew some of the missionaries there. And there was a a home. This a ministry for homeless uh, women who had no one to support them, and. The building was torched and burnt down. Mm. The, the imam led the ride against it, claiming it was a house of prostitution. Well, everybody knew it was the farthest thing from that, but mm. that's what had occurred. Well, in our relations as Christians, uh, I think we have to take uh, absolutely seriously the Word of God and the teaching of our Lord, uh, because human nature is a very perverse thing. Mm. Uh, we seek our own at the expense mm. of others. The Scripture reminds us, what does the Scripture say? Look not simply on your own things, but on the things of others. Uh, It keeps us from becoming inward and selfish. Now, that's a difficult thing to overcome. And I think in our relationship with other people of other faith traditions and religions, we have to keep that in mind. Mm. We, We can be thoroughly Christian without compromising one tenet of our faith. In fact, the more obedient to Christ we are, the more we will reach out to others, not only to help them, but with the gospel of Christ. I see we're up against a break here, gentlemen. Just hold that thought. You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We have turned from your ways, 
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me today in the studio, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. We're talking today a little bit about the mosque at Ground Zero, that entire project. Now, of course, the most recent news indicates that perhaps they're considering another location. But I thought it was interesting, uh, last segment, gentlemen, uh, we had mentioned Romans chapter 14, and I wanted to start the discussion here now just by reading a few verses and then talking about Christian tolerance and that sort of thing. Um, But here is um, some scripture to consider. Uh, Romans chapter 14, starting with verse 12, says, So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore let us not judge one another any more. But rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Verse 15, Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. So the context here is teaching, yeah, you have this freedom to eat the different food and celebrate the different days if you so desire and drink and that sort of thing, but not at the expense of offending your brother for whom Christ died. And so we are to extend a good deal of tolerance to those who have slightly different views from us and always operate from the standpoint of Christian love. And so uh, when our mics were off, uh, John, I think you were mentioning, uh, what is this thing of tolerance and where does it originate from? Can you help us there? Well, tolerance is a good word. It emanates actually not from the Enlightenment, as some 
secular scholars say, or that they are the tolerant ones, and if it hadn't been for them, there would be no tolerance in the world. It's just the opposite. Tolerance developed historically in the 16th century in Christian circles in Geneva. Now, people had always practiced tolerance, and many people had practiced it, but it was not a principle for people to follow. It was not put in that kind of form. And really, the first time in history, according to one particular historian uh, that I've recently been reading, was in Geneva, out of the controversy over Michael Servetus and the fact that he was put to death in Geneva. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that grew out of that complex of ideas and disputes. A group of Christians developed this, and so tolerance developed within Christian circles. Mm-hmm. Is it compatible with the Bible, though? It seems to me it is. Tolerance means I hold a position. I, I don't surrender my belief just to please you. But I will not make an issue out of it so I can live in the world with you, even though I will hold my principle and I'll argue with you if you allow me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not mm-hmm. going to uh, make it a, such a barrier that I can't get along with you and have table fellowship with you. Yeah. Look, look who Jesus yeah. ate with. Yeah. Think of it for a moment. But understand what that limitation is. Tolerance is not, and it's become distorted to this day, so that tolerance is supposed to mean affirmation of another point yes, of view. Yes, it's not. And it is not affirmation the of the Good point of view. distinction. And that's the key thing. And so very often you have people saying, well, you, you don't affirm what I believe, therefore you're intolerant. No, not no, at no, all. No, not the case. No, it's, it's, I'm tolerant because... I don't throw you in jail, or I don't cut you off, or, you know, mm-hmm. toleration can take any number of and it has its limits. different ways. And it does have its limits. And we talk about the limits in terms of the government. What well, I wouldn't, st- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stand for a, a drug dealer to stand outside of a school mm. right. and to pass out drugs. You, you don't tolerate that. That is right. an immediate threat to a child. Yeah, that's but just... if you tell me... That uh, you are of this political persuasion and I'm of this political persuasion, yeah. and I think you're really wrong. We're still right. going to live together and oh, yeah. enjoy yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. and and I'm going to I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to treat you honestly. I think you had been talking about that whole area there of how Christians don't make differentiations, and I think this is one of the problems and one mm-hmm. of the difficulties with this ground zero thing because what's happening is they're saying we're going to do this for these reasons. Well, my problem is, is I understand uh, the Koran. A Muslim is not bound to tell the truth to a non-believer. Hmm, that's interesting. And so they can say anything they want to get what they want and then move in just the opposite direction. Whereas in the Bible, you understand if you make a deal with an infidel, you're bound to that. Yeah. We saw that with the Gibeonites. Remember the Gibeonites who hmm. came to Joshua and they had their garments torn, you know, and yeah. the moldy bread. And they right. said, hey, we're from a long ways away. Make a treaty with us. And so they made the treaty. And then it turned around, oh, you're the next city we were supposed to conquer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they said, okay, we've made the treaty. We are bound by this contract. Mm-hmm. And even later during Saul's reign, when he started killing the Gibeonites and broke that contract, God punished Israel for it. We see here how important the truth is. Yeah, and there's a difference in standards of what's right and wrong Mm -hmm. and honesty and integrity, and it's really hard to deal with people that have a different standard. Yeah. But one must maintain one's own integrity and must be true to oneself, in this case, for Christians, being true to Christ, who dwells within us, that we have to, when we give our word, 
maintain it regardless of the who the person is or what they believe. Yeah. We make contracts. We enter into otherwise human relationships are impossible. Yeah. It's just a constant state of warfare yeah. and hostility, which in most of the world it is. Yeah. Mm. Think of it today. Mm-hmm. How many places in this world is there total conflict? It's it's. I've been told there are fifty seven major wars in the world. Mm. <laughs> fifty seven. Major wars in the world. Yeah. Uh, so, what is the Christian to do in relationship to people who come to strongly different political views and certainly practice different religions? It requires a lot of us, but it's not impossible to live in this world and to be a life for Christ, mm. Mm. and uh, at the same time to exhibit the love and mercy that our Lord Himself did. Mm. Well, gentlemen, let me bring you back to this uh, hot topic here now. All the you've discussed is directly related but here we are uh, looking at a project that could possibly take place on ground zero where thousands of americans die um are there different perspectives that we should look at this from Uh, maybe the government perspective maybe a personal perspective and who could help us uh, think through this a little bit i would uh, make a distinction between what i would counsel the government to do and it's uh and its role as government, qua government, what are what are they to do? Well, they're to protect the interests of the people, advance the welfare of the whole country. So, in other words, if I they, have if, one decision concerning the mosque. Yeah. I think they should probably rezone it. Uh-huh. And in fact, I would encourage them to, out of uh, respect for those who lost loved ones in those two yeah. towers, and out of respect for uh, American society in general. Look at the number of people that oppose this: seventy percent. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, as a Christian who wants to practice uh, tolerance, uh, I would approach this as an individual, not as a government. Mm-hmm. I have one view as a citizen, one as a Christian. It's true. I would um, try to reach out and, and make a compromise of some sort, encourage and counsel. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get overly exercised and think it's the end of the world no. if I'm unable to see my view prevail. Yeah, yeah I, I think this this whole thing with the the government having the interest in yeah we talk about freedom of religion but we don't have complete freedom of religion There's here no complete freedom of anything no, it's license that's, that's right yeah. and and so we can't do certain things there have been uh, churches that have lost their tax exempt status oh yes because uh, they have been quote unquote too political and there have yeah. been churches who have lost their buildings because the government said uh we need we need this property for a parking lot for our library sure and so we need where you want to build and so they have used eminent domain and taken properties mm-hmm. and many of us think wrongly so one of the scariest rulings in recent time uh, is that it's not just for governmental interests that Right, that they invoke eminent domain, but for commercial mm-hmm. commercial interests, yeah. and that's scary. But but I would think if there's any reason uh, to justify an eminent domain or a rezoning, if you will, this is this what, is it. This is it. Yeah, yeah. It would uh, be a, a common sense approach, wouldn't right. it? When you have this many people offended by such an action, and there's other places to build that, why offend all of these people? And it's not just the offended. Uh, from the standpoint of uh, the families that have lost, and that's that's enough for in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But there are many of us who feel that this is an in-your-face, we are conquering, mm-hmm. um, 
and we need to stand up as a government and say, no, you're not. You're not. So you're saying it's a planting of the flag. It so is a planting of the Islamic mm-hmm. flag here. Yes. There, there's probably truth to that uh, when you look at it in terms of uh, these twin towers and the symbolism of them. Right. Yeah, the symbolism um, of a commercial that that's a yeah. commercial center of yeah. uh, the, the greatest commercial power and in the world. And cultural. Yeah. Arts, right. business. Yeah. New York yeah. City is highly symbolic, even, I mean, not only in this country, but probably the most symbolic city culturally and business-wise in the world. And, of course, yeah. the other one was Washington, D.C., and both mm-hmm. were attacked, right. which is the political center. The other day I was uh, coming home from Long Island, and uh, Rachel was driving, because I get a little nervous in uh, city traffic anymore. I guess I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as we went over one of the bridges, I looked to my left. We were heading north. And I uh, saw the skyline in New York City, and I thought, wow, that, that's New York City. And to some of our listeners in New York City listening via the Internet, maybe this doesn't seem like a big deal, but it was a big deal to me. You know, I mean, there, I could actually see the, the Empire State Building, and this is, this is a very, very important city yeah. uh, in the world. We used to, when I ran the retreat center at Waterbrook, we used to go to Split Rock. And one of the neat things was sitting on Split Rock, you'd look south, yeah. and you'd see all this wilderness, Sutherland Pond and all that. And then uprising out was the Twin Towers. You could really pick out the Twin Towers. Yeah. And, of course, it's gone now. And 50, so it, 55 miles away. That's it's right. It's, yeah. clearly, it's clearly heavily symbolic. And that symbol was utterly destroyed on September the 11th, 2001. So it makes sense to me what you guys are saying about... uh, You know, the important thing here is, uh, while I think all of us would clearly agree on this, uh, while all Muslims did not do this, but every last one who did this was a Muslim. Mm -hmm. Now, like it or not, actions committed sometimes within our names does taint our whole group that... Some of the worst it aspects does. of the Crusades still taint Christianity. Correct. And we have to live with it. And I notice those who most argue for the mosque will also turn around and blame Christians, all Christians, without mm-hmm. distinction for the Crusades. Right. Yeah. So uh, it, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Right. You can't yeah. have it both ways. Yeah. Well, today we're looking at, uh, here on A Plain Answer, the mosque at Ground Zero. And uh, a lot of emotions associated with that. We trust that this has been a helpful discussion to you, and uh, a biblical one. We uh, really don't want to bash any particular group of people. It is not our goal to do that. But this is a serious question, a serious subject. John, I like the distinctions you made uh, between uh, how you would advise from a governmental perspective and also then sharing with us your, your personal feelings and uh, talk more to me about the personal feelings and our responsibility to our Muslim friends in terms of sharing the gospel. Well, I, I certainly uh, uh, think that Christianity, and it must always be advanced the way uh, the Lord's apostles advanced the faith. Mm. It was a loving engagement. It was also, though, an engagement whereby they were not shy in proclaiming what they believed to be utterly true, that God Mm -hmm. was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Mm -hmm. And in that gospel, I do think uh, there is reconciliation for all of us. Christ died that we might not only love him, but love our neighbor as ourselves. So, um, uh, and, and then at the same time, uh, to respect those who have come mm-hmm. to different opinions, different views, 
but to lovingly engage them. I've been highly influenced by a man by the name of Francis Schaeffer, and this was always his counsel, uh, that the gospel must be proclaimed in love. When it's Mm. done so apart from that, it becomes a cudgel Mm, and a weapon and just a position, but that's not what we're about. People are created in the image of God, and Mm -hmm. and he made them, and praise be to God. Amen. Mm. I'm just... um, thumbing through the book of Revelation here, and uh, it's kind of helpful to look at the end of things, isn't it? Mm. Um, John writes in chapter 21, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, and there shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. And it just goes on. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a great company of redeemed sinners who love Jesus Christ uh, at the end. And we really want to see our Muslim friends come to faith in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, yet without compromising the message. You know, Jesus himself said that, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so... Um, there is an exclusivity there, and yet we lovingly share the gospel. Any thoughts, Mark, in, in terms of wrap-up thoughts? Mm-hmm. That's a, the big thing. You know, when you look at this whole situation, uh, you understand God is in control of the whole thing and that he will come and, and redeem his people. Mm. And that is an exciting thing, and it should be a scary thing for those who don't know him. That's why we're eager to get that good news of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ alone, out to all Muslims and mm. non-Muslims and and people who claim yeah. to be Christians but really don't understand what it means. You mm-hmm. know, that's mm-hmm. what we try to do. Yeah, and Christianity um, advances through the change of the heart, and that's right. the huge distinction here: that Jesus Christ changes your heart and yeah. gives you new life in Him. Well, with those thoughts, we're out of time already. This is Redeemer Broadcasting's A Plain Answer. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please uh, also look us up on iTunes uh, via the Redeemer Broadcasting website and follow the link there. All of these are posted. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. May our Lord richly bless you today with His grace and His peace as you serve Him.